Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Get you out here. I just want to share some things in you, uh, for you, amen. And so the last few weeks, amen, in, in the book that we've been studying, the book of Joshua, man, we see that the people of Israel have repented, they obeyed, and they have come under the new leadership of Joshua. Uh, they did as the Lord commanded them. Uh, they made their provisions, amen, and they consecrated themselves, and they have crossed over. Somebody say crossover. Come on, somebody say crossover. Amen. And so they have built their memorials. Amen. They, they've got circumcised. They, they've cut away things within themselves and they have reestablished a covenant with their Lord. Amen. God brought complete change in their character to depend on Him. How many know that we need to depend on Jesus? We need to depend on the Father, amen. We cannot depend on anybody else, amen, any government. We got to come under God, amen, and come under Him and depend on Him fully, amen. We cannot cross over in our own strength, amen, and our own understanding because that will lead to disobedience. This was Israel's downfall in the past, amen. So we need to stay in His Word. Come on, somebody say, stay in the Word. Come on, we need to stay in his word. We need to obey God. We need to trust him. And God when then will bring success and he will bring blessings. Come on, as long as we're in the word, as long as we're obeying God, and as long as we're trusting God, everything else falls into place. Amen? Or in our crossovers, we must not let fear, as fear was already spoken here, take resident, amen. We must not be afraid. We must not be discouraged because God is with us wherever we go. Come on, somebody. So it doesn't matter what's going on in the world or what you hear in the world today, amen. Come on, God is with us. He is our protector. He is our guide. He is our everything. So fear should not be resident inside our lives. Amen. We should have the holy confidence that our God is with us. And if he's with us, amen, nothing can happen to us. Can somebody say amen? So remember what Joshua told, uh, God told Joshua back in the book of Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 through 9. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all. Somebody say all. All the instructions Moses gave you, do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, and you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction, amen, the word of God, continually meditate on it day and night so that you'll be sure that you obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not, sorry, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you Go. Come on, somebody. Amen. When we obey, God delivers. Come on. Now, I want to minister a message entitled just that, God delivers. Come on. Somebody say, God delivers. Come on. And so, in the book of Isaiah 55, you got to understand that God, whatever he says, church, God will do. Amen. How many know that he is a man of his word? 
So whatever he says is going to accomplish it. Amen. In Isaiah 55, 11, it says this, in the same way with my word, I sent it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I wanted to, and it will prosper everywhere I sent it. The NIV says it like this. So in my word, it goes from my mouth and it will not return to me empty or void, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose which I sent it. Amen. I'm here to remind you today that God delivers. Amen. God delivers. Amen. Listen, when God delivers, amen, come on, we got to understand we have to change. There has to be a change within our lives. Amen. God wants you and I to change. Come on, we don't just get saved to get saved, amen. There has to be a process inside our lives that brings a change inside of like that 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 that, uh, that caterpillar that turns into a butterfly that Sister Bloom was talking about. There has to be a change. So when we get saved, we actually go into a cocoon ourselves, amen. And so there's transformation and there's change. And so the thing is to break out. Somebody say break out. You gotta break out what God wants you to do, but it's in that process, amen, that God starts to bring a change in our lives and so he delivers you and I and so he wants change from you and I. Come on, we can't just stay the same. We can't think the same. We can't act the same. We gotta be changed. Hallelujah. We gotta be representatives of the kingdom of God. Amen. So God wants you and I to change from who you were to become to what he wants you to become. Amen. Those changes will continue in our crossovers. Those changes take effect in our walk. Come on, if you're walking with God, there has to be a constant change in our lives. Amen. There's something changed. Amen. We go from glory to glory, victory to victory, but change to change. Hallelujah. There has to be a change. So when the change starts happening, it's because these things start to come off of us. Amen. How many know that in this world, you're going to get a little dirty? Come on, amen. Come on, you hang out with bad people, guess what? Bad gets on you, hallelujah. And so you've got to have some change in our lives. And so there's a constant change every day. We never stop changing until we change into the glory of God and go into heaven. But in this life, in this world, there's a constant change because what surrounds us. And though there has to be a constant change, that's why we need to be in the word of God. That's why these classes of refreshing of the armory or the class that we have here is to remind you of the change in you. Come on, somebody. And it reminds us, amen. Come on. Like I said, just coming to church don't save you. Just because you're here, amen. You gave, amen, your, your offerings today doesn't mean you got saved. I mean, you can't pay your way. You can't work your way. You just got to have a great relationship with God. And so there has to be a, a constant change in our lives. God wants to deliver us, amen. Listen, we repent enough to be forgiven, but do we surrender enough to be changed? Come on, we know how to hit the altar, church, but just because you hit the altar doesn't mean you're changed. Come on, we can come here week after week, oh, cry all you want, but is there a change? Do you surrender of who you are to who you, you want to be in God? There has to be a surrendered in your, a surrenderance in your life, amen, that God, I want change. God, I just don't want to repent because I got busted. I, I just don't want to repent, amen, because I, there's remorse. I want some change because I don't want to do that no more. Are you following me, church? Somebody say change. 
See, in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, it says, But you, say me, you are a chosen people, a, a royal priesthood, a, a holy nation, a God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Aren't you glad that God called you out? Come on, aren't you glad that, come on, that God changed you? Come on, you were lost, amen. You were blind, amen. But God's amazing grace, amen, opened our eyes and now we can walk and now that we can see. So he called you out of that darkness into his wonderful, marvelous light. Come on, didn't God just mention that we are to be a light to those that surround us, amen, those in darkness, amen. We can call those out of darkness with the light that God shines inside of us. Can somebody say yes? It says, you were once not a people, but now you are a people of God. You were once, have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Hallelujah. Once we understand that, church, grace, once we receive that, Grace. Once God delivers us, grace, amen. You got to understand that you are chosen, not frozen. Come on, somebody. Come on, we were frozen in our sins, amen. We were stuck of who we were, amen. We were unable, listen, to change on our own, amen. We were stuck in the same pattern. We were stuck in the same mentality. We were stuck, amen, of who we were. And then God comes, amen, and he breaks that chain upon us, uh, those sins upon us. We were frozen in sin. We were stuck, amen. Uh, you got to understand, but God chose us. And as we choose him, church, guess what, amen? He comes through with this word, amen, and brings changes in our lives, amen, through the obedience and trusting in him. Come on. Man, we were frozen, but now we're chosen. Hallelujah. God chooses us, amen. He breaks the sin upon our lives, church. I'm here to let you know that God delivers. When he says something, he'll do it, amen. When you answer and you, and you respond to his word, guess what? He will start to break the chains upon you. Israel was chosen. Israel is chosen still today. Israel is God's chosen people, amen. And we too, as part of that family, we are part of that family. We have been chosen by God for his very own, amen. We have been adopted. Look at your neighbor says, I'm adopted. Come on, we are adopted into the family of God. Come on, you are a son and you are a daughter of the most high king. Now we have been called to represent him to others. You have to remember that your value comes to who you belong to. Come on, your heavenly father, not from what you achieve on your own. You have worth because of what God has done, not because of what you have done. That's why you have worth today, church. But it's time. Somebody say it's time. It's time to march forward. It's time to go forward, church. This is what God has been preparing us, amen, reminding us. He was reminding Israel before conquering the land. This is what God is reminding us here today as we get ready to conquer the land in Las Vegas being ours, amen, for Jesus, amen, a land that's already been promised to us, spoken to us, amen. Come on, someone say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the words that you have spoken over us, amen, which brings me to what I want to minister today a 400 year promise that God delivers to Israel 
I'm talking about the falling of the Jericho walls. Come on, somebody. The first victory, amen, that took the people of Israel into the promised land. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through 5 says this. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once for six days, and the seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, uh, and each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times, and with the priest blowing the horns. And when you hear the priest give one loud blast of the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. And then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Amen. Come on, Israelite. Come on, have been wandering for 40 years, church. But as they started to get closer to Jericho, amen, come on, it seemed so massive. It seemed so large, amen. They felt so small compared to the city of Jericho. And they understood why the generation before them felt like grasshoppers. Remember, they failed to enter the promised land, amen. When they got the reports that Jericho was huge, amen. Come on, there were giants in the land, amen. So fear gripped them and they did not go in. But Joshua is told by God that Jericho was already delivered into his hands. Come on, the enemy was already defeated, church. Come on, why? Because God delivers. Can somebody say amen? Tell somebody it's ours. Come on, tell someone else the enemy has been defeated. Come on, the enemy's been received, defeated. The devil loses. He's already lost. Come on, church. We stand in victory today. But so many Christians today walk defeated, amen, when the enemy himself has already been defeated. This was, what a confident boost to hear the Lord tell Joshua, Joshua's son, I've given you the land. It's, it's already for the taking. It's already yours. Amen. Come on, Joshua had to say, you know what? God has given it to us. Let's just go in there, kick some butt. Amen. And God will do the rest. Man, we need some people today that will say that. Let's just go kick some butt. Hallelujah. Let's just believe God. I'm crazy enough to believe that God's going to give us a city. And just take it for Jesus Christ, amen. Uh, just like she was saying, uh, Pastor, uh, Sister Bloom, amen, saying, go into the, the byways, go into your supermarkets and start sharing Christ. Uh, start speaking Jesus, amen. Because uh, that's what's needed, amen. If we're going to face this last day, revival, amen, the last outpouring of the world revival. It's a world revival is coming, church. And we're part of that. Can somebody say Amen. In other words, stand on the promise and God delivers. Somebody say, stand on the promise and God delivers. In Romans chapter 8, 37 and 39 says, No, in all these things we say I, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future 
nor any powers, neither height or depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, somebody. Nothing can separate us. Amen, church. You've got to believe that God is with us. All, even though we still battle every day, come on, somebody say amen. Sin runs uncontrollable in our world. We have an insurance that the war has already been won. Come on, somebody. Tell your neighbor, believe that. <laughs> Look at someone else. I don't think you believe. <laughs> you got to believe that, church. We are victorious. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk over here. We are victorious. <laughs> you got to believe it. Tell, say it louder for they can believe over there. We are victorious. Yeah. <laughs> we are victorious. Oh, they got it. They got it now. <laughs> it sounded a little bit louder. We, man, we're victorious, guys. The battle's already won, amen, and we win, amen. We don't no longer have to be paralyzed by the power by a defeated enemy. Do not give power to a defeated enemy. Come on, when we stop believing God's word, we're giving power back to a defeated enemy, an enemy that's already lost and will continue to be lost. No matter what you give them, they're still lost. Come on, take back, amen, and believe what God has for you. The enemy is truly under our feet, church. Understand that, amen. When the devil's huffing and puffing, remind them you're under my feet. You're defeated. And say, God, I have to just trust you and believe in you. Come on, the walls of the city. You got to understand Jericho. So after all the preparation, now they're ready to go. They're getting the instructions. And so as they're approaching Jericho, man, these walls are huge. Somebody say they're huge. They were 25 feet tall. Six feet wide is the wall that encircled the entire city of Jericho. Soldiers stood on top of the wall, and they can see for miles. Jericho was a symbol of military power and strength. The Israelites thought these, these walls are invincible, uh, unconquerable. Amen. They, look how huge they look. Look how we're going to conquer this city. So it, see, it seemed that God had promised something impossible. You ever, you ever, you ever, God ever give you something? He said, I don't think so. Is it just me? <laughs> Come on, like, how is this going to happen? How, how are you going to answer this prayer? How are you going to change the, the, this, the, what's going on here? And so they, they look at this wall and they say, man, this is something. How are we going to do this? They're probably thinking it, in the, the battle plan that God has given us just doesn't make any sense. Think about it, church. March once for six days. Then on the seventh day, march seven times around this enclosed city that has a six-foot wide wall that's 25 feet tall, and God's going to give us a city. Come on, it's just like going around. Come on, going around the biggest hotel here and say, you know what? This is what God told me to do, and I'm going to shout, and those walls are coming down. So you better get, get out of there. You better repent and get saved because these, this building's coming down. Kind of be foolish, right? 
You know, ah, shut up. <laughs> or even us, we're like, no way, that, that cannot happen. They're, they're looking at this and saying, there's no way this can happen. I'm, I'm, I'm saying they're probably thinking that. Come on, we have thought some things like that. No way, no way, no, uh-uh. No, what do you mean cancer gone? You better run another report. <laughs> Let me tell you, if they say cancer gone, I'm out of there already. Hallelujah. I'm just believing God. Why am I going to run another test? Amen. Come on. Come on. Check it again. You got to be wrong. No, no. God, God's right. Come on. Give God glory. God healed you. Come on, somebody. You would think the Israelites would think, well, why won't you just, why don't we just bust on through? Right? Why don't we just get some, some battling rams? Amen. We'll just bust on through or we'll scale the walls. Amen. And climb over. Amen. How about shooting some flaming arrows and we'll smoke them out? There has to be another way than going around a city. Not say nothing. But instead, God told him to silently circle the city. And after seven days and marching 13 times, that the walls that you see before you would come down. This right here, God was making it a clear as day that the battle would depend on him. Not their weapons, not their experience or their expertise. Also that the strategy would be a test for Israel, for their faith, if they were willing to follow God's orders completely. How many times that God has spoken to us to trust him? Come on. How many know that God's ways are always the best ways? Can somebody say Amen. See, sometimes we like to try to help God out, amen, and we want to do this this way, Lord. We should do it this way, God. We should do it this way. You know what? I know how to handle it. I know how to handle them. I know how to handle him, amen. Come on. You know, we, 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 we get into the way that say, God, I'll take care of it. But God says, no, I want you to do it my way. Sometimes God's way doesn't make sense. But God says, I got all the power. Tell your neighbor, God got all the power. So it goes on to say in Joshua chapter 6, verse 8 through 11, it says, After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horns started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing their horns as they marched, and the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord's Covenant, followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priests with with the horns and some behind the ark with the priest continually blowing the horns. Do not shout. Do not even talk. Command, uh, Joshua commanded them, not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout. So the ark of the, of the Lord was carried around the town once a day and everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. Come on. The first time around the city, amen, the Israelites probably were thinking they felt a little foolish, amen. Probably thinking this is a little crazy, amen. But with each circle, their stride grew a little stronger. With each circle, they started to walk with a, with a holy 
confidence. With each circle, amen, they started to think, amen, something is about to happen, amen. There was an anticipation within their spirit that God was going to do something, amen. And faith started to increase. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. So by the seventh day, church, they were excited, amen. They started saying within their minds, today is the day, amen. Today is the day. Come on, it's time for some milk. It's time for some honey, amen. Come on, they were probably singing in their minds, victory is mine, victory is mine, victory today is mine. I told Satan to get thee behind, victory today is mine. I mean, on the seventh day, they had to start to walk with a holy confidence, say, man, I feel something. Come on, even though they could not talk in their mind, like, oh, I know God is about to do something. That seventh day, something woke up inside of them. Have you ever felt like that, amen, that waking up, I'm going to go to church thinking, man, something's going to happen. Well, I feel something in my spirit. You know, today God's going to answer my prayer. Today I'm going to receive some good news. Come on, you ever felt like that? This is how they were feeling that day. God, you're about to do something today. Somebody say today. So on that seventh day, they got up early and they started to circle the city. Remember, they got to do it how many times? Seven times that day. Come on. Come on. I just want to give you an idea how long this took. It took three hours to march six times. Come on. They're going on the final lap. Can you taste the milk? Can you taste the honey now? This is what's in their mouth. Amen. They're, they're circling the last time. They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, man, I can taste that milk and honey, amen. Something's going to happen. They're in their minds just so. They're looking at each other. They're like, they already know. They're not saying a word, but in their mind, they know something's going to happen, amen. They kept... And they, they kept on keeping God's command, amen. They did not say a word for six days, and they circled the promise, listen, in silence. I wonder if anyone here can be silent in the Lord. Or would you have to say something? Come on, somebody. I wonder if God told you, don't say anything. Don't defend yourself. Bite your tongue. Don't say a word and watch what I will do. I wonder if we can do that. Sometimes when we say, shh, we want to say something else, right? <laughs> right? We tell our kids, shh, and there's one more word that comes out. We're the same way. Come on. God tells us, don't defend me. I'll take care. Be silent. Trust me. And we want to handle it our way. Well, I want to say I'm proud of you guys for being silent for this past week or so. You know what I'm talking about. And God says, watch what I do. Joshua 6, 20, it says, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could, and suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Come on. As they kept silent into that final lap church, the priests started to sound the horns, amen, and then 600,000 Israelites shouted a holy roar, amen, and the walls of Jericho started to crack, amen, something in the walls started to move in there, and all of a sudden the walls all came down, church. Come on, does that excite anyone in this house today? 
Come on, to see that. Can you imagine after seven days of circling the walls of Jericho, amen, God delivers on a 400-year-old promise, amen. Listen, proving that his promises don't have expiration dates. Come on, right here in the scripture proves that. Come on, you got to understand, they're circling. They're circling promises. Here they are, six days, don't say nothing. Shh. Six days, go around, go back to camp. Another day, circle it, go back to camp. Seven day, circle it seven times. And on that seventh lap, lap amen, around that, 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 that city in the circle, amen. They hear the, 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 the horns go out, amen, and they yelled as much, as loud as they could, amen, and things just started to shake. They, they started to see the wall crumbling, cracking, amen. And all of a sudden, the whole wall, all around that city, fall down, church. What a scene to see that. Today, we got to use explosives. Today, we got we to set up things, amen, and there has to be a guy that pushes something to explode something, but God says, watch. And he does it all by himself. Maybe someone here has stopped circling a promise today. Come on. Maybe someone here, you, you were circling something for yourself. You were circling something for your family. You were circling something within a, a situation, amen. And for some reason, amen, you stopped being silent with God and you started to say, this is not going to work. We stopped circling the things that God has spoken over us. And I'm here today to tell you that God says uh, you need to start circling uh, those promises I have spoken over you. It's time for you, son. It's time for you, daughter, to once again start saying, uh, once again, I'm going to believe God is going to do something in my marriage. Uh, God is going to do something in my life. Amen. Something's going to happen. I'm going to get delivered. I'm going to get set free. Amen. God is going to release something inside your life. Church, if you keep circling the promise... I'm here to let you know that God delivers. Come on, you got to keep circling, church. Tell your neighbor, keep circling. Tell your neighbor, it's time to shout. Is there a shout in you, church? Is there a, a shout inside of you? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Come on, are you ready to claim your promise, church? It's time, church. It's time to do what God has promised us. It's time to claim those promises. It's time to believe and start circling once again. It's time to get up early in the morning and start praying. It's time to start reading your word once again. Amen. It's time to trust God once again. Amen. It's time to circle the very promises that God has spoken over you, church. Come on. It doesn't have an expiration day. Those promises are still active if you circle them. You see, when God delivers, he delivers big, amen. But he does it in a supernatural way. He does it in a miraculous way, amen. But the question is, what's your Jericho? Are you looking at things saying it's too massive? This is too huge, amen. There's no way that God can do this for me. What God did in Jericho, God wants to do today, church. And that should put a confidence for you to circle the promises that God has given you. The question is, what's your Jericho? 
For the Israelites, God delivers on a promise given to Abraham about a promised land flowing with milk and honey. It was a miracle that they've been hoping for and waiting for all their lives. But what's your Jericho? What promises are you circling around? What miracles are you marching for? Before you march, you have to identify your Jericho. You have to define the promises that God has spoken to you. That means you got to speak them, church. Not just think them. You got to speak those promises and you got to start to circle those miracles that God believes for us. Amen. And then the dreams that God wants you to pursue. And when you find out, you need to start circling the promises until his will becomes your will. That's the goal, church, is to reach that goal. And when we reach that goal, God delivers. But here's the problem. Most of us, if not all of us, don't get what we want because simply we don't know what we want. Come on, somebody. We have circled. Come on, have you ever circled any God's promises? Come on. Come on, instead of circling the promises of God, we are circling selfish needs instead of God's will. Come on, that's why they walked around for 40 years. They didn't know the promises of God. They didn't, they didn't circle any promise. They circled selfish needs. Come on, we never listed any goals for our lives. That's why our kids are so messed up, amen, because we don't know how to give them goals because we're not setting goals for ourselves. We're not setting the example. Come on, somebody. Come on, we got to tell our kids, set some goals, set some dreams, Amen. Circle those things. We have to, we've never defined success for ourselves. Come on, year, the new year, do you think about, well, man, this year I want to do this. You got a plan or do we just live day by day? We got, there has to be some vision that you got to give for yourself. Uh, define success for yourself. Dream some dreams. So instead of circling promises, we end up walking in circles. So you got to identify your Jericho and you got to circle at church. There are over 7,000 promises in the word of God. 7,000. I don't know what to circle, pastor. Read the word. <laughs> You'll find something to circle. Come on, there's seven. Those are for you. They're for us. They're for the church. Circle them. Choose them, circle them in faith, and then give a holy shout, church, and watch those walls come down. But you also have to identify, listen, what needs to die in you in order for you to cross over. For Israelite, amen, for the Israelites, amen, they had to recommit, they had to restore a covenant with God by cutting away their flesh. They had to continue to obey God's command and, and the commands of the Lord, amen. Come on. They had to kill everything, church. You got to remember the orders that the Lord gave the Israelites when they went into Jericho. And that was to destroy and kill everything. Somebody say Everything. Everything. Joshua chapter 6, 17 through 19 says this, Jericho, 
and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and the others in her house will be spared, for they protected our spies. Do not take anything. Come on, somebody say, don't take nothing. Don't take anything, and the things set apart for destruction for you, yourselves, will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made of silver, gold, bronze, and iron is sacred to the Lord, and it must be brought into the treasury. Verse 21 says, they completely destroyed everything in it with their swords, men, women, young, old, goats, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Tell your neighbor, everything has to die. Everything has to die. Why did God demand that the Israelites destroy almost everyone and everything? See, God was carrying out a severe judgment against the wickedness of the Canaanites. Come on, this judgment usually required that everything be destroyed. If you go back to Deuteronomy, it says in Deuteronomy 12, 2 to 3, it says, when you drive out the nations that, that live there, you must destroy all the places that they, they worship their gods on the high mountains, up on the hills, and everything under the green tree. Amen. Break down their altars, smash their sacred pillars, burn their asher poles, and cut them down, and their carved idols completely erase the names of their God. Because they were practicing evil things. They, they had intense idolatry there. The Canaanites, amen, had a stronghold of rebellion against God, amen. This threat to live right or live right with God requires it. It needs to be removed, church. If not, it would affect all of Israel like a cancerous growth. So everything in that place had to die. Men, women, children, everything, church. The only ones that were spared to live was Rahab and the family. Come on, because she had faith in God, amen, and she, and she helped the two spies and hid them, amen, and protected them when they were scouting out the land. See, God's purpose in all this was to keep the people's faith, amen. Their covenant was to be uncontaminated, and so everything had to be removed. They, did, they had not to keep any of the plunder, amen. They had to remove everything of the Canaanites and all their practices. See, back in the day, the, you know, I don't know about if, you, if you've been saved long enough, amen, they used to have church services, amen. They say, you know what, bring everything in your house, amen. Bring CDs, bring movies that shouldn't be in your house, bring all those stuff, and they put it in a trash can and we would burn them. Right, Sister Blue? Come on, they would bring all this stuff because we got to remove things even with our own homes, church. If there's a sign of anything, you give room for the enemy so things have to die. And this is what they're doing here. Every, you got to wipe everything out, amen, because you, if you let them live, amen, it's like a cancerous growth, amen. It'll continue to grow, continue to live. And so we we had CDs that people would throw in things. They would throw in certain movies that they're not supposed to be watching. Booty Call was in there. All this other stuff was in there, amen. Come on, all, all these things, amen, were inside of there, amen. I mean, they were even throwing their drugs, amen, because people are still smoking dope, amen, still doing things. And you would see all these things go in the trash can. We would just light it up, and we would burn, and we would celebrate. That's what they were doing here, church, getting rid of the sin, getting rid of every 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 trace of that. Listen, if we're going to cross over, not only are we to repent or recommit ourselves, reestablish our covenant, but we must put to death within us that, that, that will contaminate our relationship with each other and with God. 
by crucifying this flesh, church. That's why Paul says, I die daily. Come on, here's the great apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 31. He says, I, I got to crucify this flesh daily. We got to die every single day. In Galatians chapter 5, 24 to 25, it says, and those who are Christ have been crucified with, uh, crucified the flesh and his passion and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Philippians 1, 21 says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain, church. Come on, we must die to self. Come on, when we live for Christ, amen, we can cross over, amen. We can gain, come on. We have to live for God, for Christ, amen, then God will deliver. God wants us pure, church. He wants to clean up our act, amen. When we begin this new life with him, amen, we must let not let the desires of for personal gain, amen, distract us from spiritual purposes. Church, things on us have to die. We've got to remove everything. Somebody say remove. Everything within us. Come on. How many know there's some things within us? Come on. There's things that we got to, you know, cutting away. It's not a one thing. Come on. We can cut away the flesh. They, they, they circumcise all of Israel. Amanda. But this, for us today, we got to circumcise each and every day. Paul says, I die. I have to die to this flesh because how many know this flesh can do some things? We need to get rid of this flesh, man. We got to get rid of this old man, this old woman, because just because you did it once, it doesn't mean that it's gone. Come on, you know things inside of you that you're struggling with. You get just things inside of you. You say, man, God, why do I keep tripping over this? Why do I struggle over this? You got to die to yourself daily. You got to crucify that old man. We got to reject. And remove any reminder of our past life or our rebellion towards God. Come on, there's things in your home that take you back. It has to go, church. Come on, if there's things that trip you up, that has to go. Come on. Sometimes we got pictures, we got things that we're hanging. And you think, man, man, it's, it's not a big thing. And you know, you, you got to remove that. We shouldn't have those hanging in our homes. We shouldn't be having these things in our houses, church. We, we, we think they look cute or they look cool, but you don't know what it holds. You got to understand what's going on. If your kids are going through a rebellious stage, man, go into their room and start to clean house. Hallelujah. Come on. When they're in school, go, go raid that room. Hallelujah. And see what you find. Hallelujah. And throw those things out. Kids bring stuff home, church. They'll bring stuff home, and you know, it can be something simple, but a little thing can contaminate your house. You just open the door for the enemy, and yet we're just there like doing nothing, amen. We're not saying nothing. We're not talking to our kids. Oh, they're just rebellious. They'll change. They'll get there. No, you got to help them out, amen. You need to go in there. You need to speak to them, amen, and you need to search their room. Come on, hallelujah. Some of the kids right now say, oh, we got to hide stuff, amen. Come on, but we got we to we go in there. I remember one time we did that. Me and my wife did that. My, my, my son, my oldest son was going through a rebellious stage. Like, what's going on? And we just, we put on some worship music. We opened windows and we started searching his room and we threw everything that said, man, this does not belong here. And he came home and he was blinded and he didn't even know they were gone. But it had to go. Church, it's time 
to cross over. But if there's things inside our homes, amen, we're not crossing over to nothing. There's things within us that you know, that you know, come on church, you know has to die, has to stop. You gotta say, I gotta see, I gotta stop the cycle. God, I don't want this no more. You gotta surrender. Not just, not just repent. Surrender. Come on, surrender. Come on, repentance is good, but you gotta surrender to bring change. God, I'm sick and tired of being this man, this woman. I'm sick and tired of going through the cycle. I'm sick and tired of, of always giving into this or saying that or doing this. It can be, just be simple things, of, you know, whatever. It can be like, man, I, you, you say this word, this cuss word. You can't get out of your mouth, amen. It's time to get rid of that word. We need more of his word, hallelujah, inside of us. Come on. If you simply read the word of God, amen, it will cleanse your mind, heart, and soul, church. But you yourself have to get up and say, I crucify this man. I crucify this woman. I crucify this and start naming those, 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 those things inside of you and say, man, I'm sick and tired of being this. And watch God deliver you. Church, as I close today, when we obey, we gain. And our God will deliver his promises. We must continue to circle those promises in faith. And when he says to you, shout, then shout. Come on, church, it's time to shout. It's time for the walls of Jericho to come crashing down. Because our God will deliver. It's time. Somebody say it's time. Come on, let's all stand up.